And if you think of yourself as someone who's got to get the work done, then you're not going to be able to achieve leadership in the moment. If you think of yourself as primarily a leader who also gets work done, then you will seize upon every encounter as an opportunity to motivate people, to inspire people. Welcome to the Inspire Podcast, where we examine what it takes to intentionally inspire. I'm your host, Bart Agnell, President and CEO of The Humphrey Group. And if you've ever asked yourself, how can you develop an authentic leadership presence? Or how can you tell stories that have people hanging off every word? Well, then this podcast is for you. And it's not just for executives. This is a podcast for anyone who wants to influence and inspire others in their work, but also in their life. My guest on today's episode of the Inspire podcast is Judith Humphrey, founder of The Humphrey Group. I've had the great pleasure and privilege to work with Judith throughout my career, starting in 2001 when I joined The Humphrey Group until her retirement in 2014. She is passionately committed to leadership communication, as evidenced by her vision to start The Humphrey Group in 1988 and by the three books she's written on the topic, including Speaking as a Leader, Taking the Stage, and most recently, Impromptu. She's also made a tremendous impact on the important work of supporting the advancement of women around the world by creating Taking the Stage, a global program for women that helps them speak up, be heard, and recognized. She has been awarded the YWCA Woman of Distinction Award in the category of entrepreneurship, she is an adjunct leader in residence at the Odette School of Business at the University of Windsor, and she is a member of the International Women's Forum. Perhaps most importantly though, Judith Humphrey is my mother, and I'm extremely proud of her and all she has achieved. Today she'll be talking with me about why she founded the Humphrey Group, why you can never separate leadership and communication, and why it is so critical that you prepare if you want to be spontaneous. Enjoy my conversation with Judith Humphrey. Let's let's take it back. Let's take it back to 1988 <laughs> yes. or maybe a few years before. And I think one thing that anyone listening to this business or to this podcast would love to know, anyone who's been through one of our programs, is when did you have the lightning bolt idea that you need to start the Humphrey Group? There was no single moment in which I decided to do it. But it was a long process of thinking about the fact that as a speechwriter, I saw that executives needed to be better at delivering my speeches to begin with. And when I saw them speak, I thought, there's no training for them. There's no training for the senior leaders in how to be great communicators. And of course, I would work closely with some of the CEOs that I wrote for, but I felt that there was a need in the market to really bring some training to senior leaders. And so I thought about how is this gonna happen? Uh, can I do it? How would I do it? I even piloted a course at one of the banks where I was working. And so it was two or three years in the making. And gradually I began to see, yes, there was an opportunity. Yes, these individuals did want more training. Yes despite the fact that people discouraged me from becoming an entrepreneur and said, you'll never do it, you're taking too long, uh, you have a good job, why don't you just be happy with the fact that you're employed? <laughs> All these things came to me, but 
the moment that I actually decided, yes, it's workable, was when I was with an actor. I was having lunch with an actor. And I said, what we need to do is get together and I will teach people how to create great material and you can teach them how to deliver it. And that was the moment that the firm was mm -hmm. born. He became an associate at the very outset. And uh, that was Marshall Bell, who's still a well-known actor. And um, it happened, but it was actually on the back of a napkin hmm. over lunch that I decided this is workable. Well, thank goodness you did. I mean, here we are, all the people who have been through our training, all the people who are involved in the Humphrey Group. I want to hone in on something you mentioned. You used the word speech. Mm -hmm. And you talked about being a speech writer and that you were coaching executives to prepare and deliver speeches. Mm -hmm. You know, in this world today of podcasts and Twitter and email, I want you to kind of take us back in time <laughs> to what <laughs> corporate communication was like back in the mid to late 80s, because it sounds very different. Stone age yes, yes. of corporate communications. Yeah. It was very different. There was always a speechwriter on hand for an executive who wanted to make a presentation or give a formal speech. And there was no speaking to be done outside that formality. Because people weren't really allowed to say anything that hadn't been vetted. It was all a carefully controlled process. And I was part of that process, so I really understood it. Speech making was the way leaders communicated. They knew they could never say anything unless it was in the form of a speech or a media event. And that was because it was the senior executives, the top executives, that were the only ones allowed to really speak and communicate and lead. Of course, that's all changed now. A very different, I mean, look at, you know, the Twitter feed of the U.S. president today. I mean, oh. the idea of formality is clearly gone. You look at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I try not to too often when I'm thinking about leadership communication. Yeah, uh, but it's true. So there's been this huge change. I mean, two of the things you mentioned there, one is the extreme formality and almost controlled nature, and the other is how small a group of people in these corporations were even allowed to lead. Exactly. So how did we get from there to today where we mm -hmm. are. What are the big changes and evolutions you've seen in those 30 years since the company was founded? Well, I've seen leaders at all levels, first of all. I mean, we're seeing a mandate for leaders, whether they're the CEO, whether they're an executive VP, whether they're a VP, a manager, or an executive assistant. They all have the potential to lead and all the requirement to lead. Wherever they are, or wherever they're with other people, wherever they're in teams, they should be expressing ideas. And so it's no longer in the staged events where formerly CEOs would speak. It's in meetings. It's in elevators. It's walking down the hall. It's in fleeting moments. It's on phone calls, conference calls. All of these are opportunities for people at all levels to lead. And those are our clients, people at all levels. And so it's really a much more open an exciting environment mm -hmm. when it comes to leadership. But the communications challenge is much greater because mm -hmm. people at all levels really have to understand what messaging the organization needs to put forward and how to do it effectively at their particular right. level. And you mentioned leadership. We're obviously at the Humphrey Group. Everything that we do is grounded in leadership communication. Can you give us your one sentence definition of what it means to lead? It means to inspire as your podcast mm -hmm. indicates. 
anytime you're with anyone and have a conversation in a business environment, mm -hmm. your goal should be to lead and inspire. So it has nothing to do with your title, has nothing to do with your place in the organization. I'm hearing that leadership, this ability to inspire, is something that anyone can and should develop. Absolutely. It's a wonderful idea and concept, but to achieve that takes a lot of skill. Mm -hmm. So that evolution of the company, you've seen that move towards that informality, that leading at mm -hmm. all levels. Was there a moment when you think back over, say, the last 15, 20 years, where it hit you that the speech was dead? Yes. <laughs> and you know, long live <laughs> the informal interaction? There were a number of moments. Give, give us, take one, us, give us one. One was fascinating because I was working in a bank. I was a speechwriter at a bank. And so I knew all the senior executives. And I wrote speeches for most of the C-level executives. And one day in the elevator, elevator conversation, hmm. I saw the CFO. He said, I just gave a speech to analysts. Hmm. I said, oh, where is it? <laughs> and you know what he said? What? Huh. Right there, I knew the speech was dead. The formal speech, the speech on the page, the speech that's written out was dead because he actually created it in his mind. And that's what he spoke. And I felt great exuberance right. that this individual, who is a very bright man, had the confidence to actually speak what he believed, right. as opposed to what somebody else had written for him. Yeah, that's an exciting moment. I mean, yeah. I, I remember when I joined the company. Do you remember my first week? I do. Back at the, well, so you probably remember sending me out <laughs> to interview couple CEOs in preparation for writing their speeches. I mean, my indoctrination was to learn to write speeches. Mm -hmm. And I think that's given me a deep appreciation. I did that for years for structural clarity, inspirational thinking. And yet the irony is we don't do that anymore. I know. I mean, people, I, I used to bemoan that the people who we brought into the company no longer had to learn to write speeches. Exactly. Because it was this almost you know, torturous process but was really rewarding to learn, but it really is, it's dead for us. Even as our business grows globally, even as the scale of the people we work with expands every year, speech writing has been reduced to virtually a footnote. It has. Mm -hmm. It's just a formality that some people go mm -hmm. through maybe once a year. Yeah. Another example, I was working with an executive who also was a CFO, and uh, he used to give one hour PowerPoint presentations to the investment community mm -hmm. every quarter. And then one time we got together to prepare for that quarterly event. And uh, I said, where's the presentation we're gonna work on? And he said, no presentation. He said, I speak for five minutes and the rest of the hour is Q and A. Mm. So these are amazing moments for us because they've really brought light to what it is mm. that leaders need to be able to do. And I think they've highlighted for our listeners that you're always on stage, that you can't expect to just prepare for a few keynote opportunities. That mm -hmm. if, as you said, if you're in the hallway, if you're in the meeting, if you're having a phone call, in some ways the pressure is off for the big opportunities, but in other ways the pressure is always on now. Yeah, always on. You need to be ready. And you need to realize that any single moment mm -hmm. you're in front of a colleague, let's say, or a customer, mm -hmm. you have a moment of opportunity. So it's a totally new mindset. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, the mindset of the former executive who's rushing back to his or her office to get the work done. 
Now the work is in the corridors. Right. It's in the elevators. It's in every encounter. And that's, I guess, a great segue to your new book, Impromptu, <laughs> Leading in the Moment. It's your third book. Yes. It's a huge achievement, by the way, having written Thank three you. books. Having written one, I know how torturous <laughs> it is. You know, I've read this one. I'd say if you're three, it's my favorite. Oh, thank because you. I'm glad it you is, that. It's such an easy read. And to me, an easy read is a sign of clear thinking that's very practical and applicable. Mm-hmm. And so for anyone listening who is keen to strengthen their ability to speak as a leader and to inspire, I highly recommend it. It's impromptu, leading in the moment. We'll talk at the end about where people can get it. But I want to mm-hmm. delve into the book. Mm-hmm. And you've talked about why you wrote the book, mm-hmm. really, because of the of this sea change in how people are communicating as leaders. So talk to me now about some of the big conclusions, because I know you did a lot of research for the book. Some of the big conclusions that you drew from your research that made their way into the book. The conclusions about the environment, first Mm -hmm. of all, are that we're in a totally different world. Leaders operate in a totally different world Mm -hmm. from the one that we just described. Organizations are much flatter. Mm-hmm. So leadership is expected at all levels. It doesn't matter whether you're a manager or a CEO. You better be able to know how to lead. So information, too, is available to people at all levels through technology. So that impact means that everybody has the knowledge to lead, the understanding of the topic, the understanding of the environment. So that's a big change. Before information was held tightly at the top, we know that. And... I think there's a much different configuration of time and space today. So people are in a rush all the time. Everything has to be done right away. So that creates an environment for impromptu. And space is open. Offices tend to be open. So people are talking all the time to each other, to everyone. So impromptu is really the mode of the day. It's the reflection of Mm -hmm. all these environmental changes. And so that's what my research really taught me. I learned a lot about the environment, why impromptu is so important. You and I know that communications mandate has changed, but I really discovered why. Okay, so our listeners are saying, okay, I get it. I live in a world where every interaction is an opportunity. Mm -hmm. I have a multitude of interactions. I may not even be in an executive role, but I'm being looked to for leadership, but I just can't, can't capitalize. I'm overwhelmed with information. I'm under constant deadlines. This flow of content keeps me buried. How do I step out of that mode and actually start to communicate influentially or inspirationally in the moment? The book starts with mindset, and I would start with mindset. In other words, it's all a question of how you think of yourself. And if you think of yourself as someone who's got to get the work done, then you're not going to be able to achieve leadership in the moment. If you think of yourself as primarily a leader Mm -hmm. who also gets work done, then you will seize upon every encounter as an opportunity to motivate people, to inspire people, to influence them. So you're walking down the hall. You see, let's say, somebody on your team. You can say, how's it going, and pass them, not even listening Mm -hmm. for what they say. Or you can stop. You can say, do you have a moment? You can say, you know, that comment you made at the last meeting was really brilliant. I've been thinking about it, and I think we should discuss it because I think there's an opportunity there that we can build upon. Mm -hmm. So let's get together. That is a leadership moment. It's a moment of inspiration for 
the employee, but also for the leader. So it really does involve, as you said, that mindset of choosing to put yourself Mm -hmm. on the leadership stage. I mean, we know that from our work with clients Mm -hmm. that it takes a lot of courage to do that Mm -hmm. because there's a potential to be challenged, to have objections or dissent. So what you're saying is don't just do that in the formal. Start thinking about all of these small interactions. Is that right? Yes, yes, exactly. And when you're in a meeting, let's say you're in a meeting and you're not the most senior person. Mm -hmm. The temptation often is to be quiet, lay low, not say anything because you might sound stupid. Mm -hmm. I mean, who hasn't had that feeling? But if you truly think of yourself as a leader and regardless of your title, then you're going to take the stage and you're going to speak mm-hmm. your mind mm-hmm. and, and make a contribution that can be viewed as a collaborative effort mm-hmm. on your part. So let me ask you about that. Let's imagine that you have, you know, I've often worked with clients where they say, oh, I hear people who talk too much in meetings. They always bring ideas forward mm-hmm. and they lose credibility. I would rather speak only when I have something to say. So what would be your, your perspective on that? Is there a point where you, you've gone too far in trying mm-hmm. to lead, where you, you know, people mm-hmm. become annoyed? Well, you know, if somebody really is always speaking, always out there, and even when he or she doesn't have a true contribution, mm-hmm. I would say that is annoying. And that's not leadership. What we mean by leadership in the Humphrey Group, and generally, is that you have a message that adds value to that conversation and inspires or potentially inspires the audience. And if what you're about to say is just hot air or just your desire to be heard, then it's not leadership. Right. Talk a bit about, and I love the (laughs) subtitle of the book, (laughs) Prepare to be Spontaneous, because I think it gets to the heart of, it's almost paradoxical, isn't it? It is. That the best spontaneous interactions involve a lot of preparation. Talk a bit about how people can and should prepare to inspire in the moment. First of all, the mindset. We've talked about that. And then you need to know your subject. So be grounded in what you're talking about. If you know you're going to be going to a meeting, prepare to say something worthwhile at that meeting. You know what the agenda is, all the better. Prepare something meaningful on that topic. It's also reading up on the subject, um, being versed in the body of knowledge that you're supposed to be versed in. It's knowing your facts, Mm -hmm. um, being accurate, being on top of any conversation that's going to happen. So, for example, if you're going to be speaking to an employee about that person's performance, Mm -hmm. you better be aware of what you're going to say and what the facts are. And if you're going for a promotion or suggesting to your boss that you want to apply for another job, you better have your arguments mm-hmm. in mind. So being prepared in terms of what you're going to say. Um, it's also in the book, there's a structure. We call it the leader's script, but a structure or a template for organizing your thoughts. So you have to have a way of structuring your thoughts on the spot. You can do them in advance if you have time, but if you don't have any time, if you have 30 seconds or a minute to prepare, you wanna use this template to organize your thinking. Being able to prepare your mind involves having an organizational model that you can draw from. And one of the things in the book that, on this topic of 
preparation to be in the moment that stood out were some of the great examples that you shared of speeches or talks from powerful historical moments from people who seem to have been extremely prepared, but actually were improvised. Yes. Maybe you could share one oh. or one that, that is perhaps most memorable for you. Bobby Kennedy's mm. eulogy to Martin Luther King. It's incredible that that speech, which is so poetic and so brilliant and so well-designed, came out of an impromptu moment. For example, uh, in that case, Bobby Kennedy didn't actually know until he landed in the Indianapolis airport that Martin Luther King had been killed. And from the time he got in the cab at the airport until he arrived downtown at the rally, which was supposed to be a rally for him because he was running for president, in that cab ride, he created one of the best speeches that's ever been built because he was prepared. He, first of all, quoted from Aeschylus, now, how many people could really do that? A beautiful passage from Aeschylus. He knew his subject. He knew all about Martin Luther King, what he had lived for, what he had died for. And that went into the speech. Um, Kennedy knew all about the conflict between black and white. And so he was able to talk about that. And he was also able to draw upon his own personal experience the death of his brother, JFK. And he said, I know how you feel. My brother was killed. And so everything in his world came together in that speech in a very poetic fashion because he was prepared. Mm -hmm. And I understand Dr. King's famous I Have a Dream was he was editing it that morning as well, wasn't he? He was. The interesting thing about that is he wrote a speech the night before, a prepared speech. And then, as he was speaking, someone yelled out from the crowd, tell us about the dream. Mm -hmm. And that had been part of previous sermons, I guess, that he had given. And so immediately in that moment, he was able to improvise the part of the I Have a Dream speech that became the speech, mm -hmm. the I Have a Dream lines. That was all improvised. In the moment, he went with incredible, it. because it was so much a part of him. He was so prepared. Right. It was in his mind, and, and that brings me to the point of how do you actually lead in the moment? The most important kind of preparation you can do is to have leadership messages in your mind. Walking around the halls, what are you thinking about? Are you thinking about the work you have to do? Are you thinking about what you believe as a leader? Right. And have that so that you can be ready in the moment. Yes. You know, you're someone who has obviously been a communication professional long even before you started the Humphrey Group mm -hmm. and have continued to not only teach and write, but work on your own communication skills and hone them. So I'd like to ask you on kind of shifting gears here, what is your biggest challenge in speaking in impromptu situations and how have you worked to build your skills in that, in that arena? Well, I'm actually much better impromptu speaker than I am a formal speaker, which is surprising. Perhaps ironic. <laughs> ironic, because I was a speechwriter. But I feel much more comfortable speaking impromptu. The challenge is always, and I think this is true for anyone, to find the message, to find that, that one idea that you want to run with. 
Because if you're speaking in the moment, you may not have a lot of time. In fact, mm -hmm. generally you don't. So you have to think, what is the one idea I'm going to get across mm -hmm. at this meeting or at this networking event or in this conversation or in this elevator chat? Because if you don't have one idea, it's all a scramble. So on that note, tell me if you can about the worst impromptu interaction you had professionally and what you learned from it. Wow, that, that's a tricky question. I would say the worst impromptu interaction that I had was actually, in some senses, the best one. Because when I went for my first interview in the business world, I was grilled mercilessly by my future boss. This is before you started the Humphrey Group. Yes. Oh, yeah. Way back. Way mm. back. And it was a torturous experience because he was really grilling me. Really, I had no corporate experience, nothing in the business world to call my own. I had been an academic. And he was questioning everything I said. And I walked out of that meeting thinking, well, he didn't like me. And I'm just as glad because I didn't like him. <laughs> and yet he hired me immediately. Within days, I had the letter of appointment. And what I learned from that experience is that even when you feel threatened, even when you feel that somebody doesn't like your idea, you hold your ground Stay true to what you believe about yourself and your thinking. Don't let your audience get to you, but stay focused on what you believe. And I stayed focused in that interview on what I believed I could offer. I didn't let him rattle me, and I got the job. So it taught me a lot, and it taught me a lot about salesmanship. Well, it's, it's a great interaction because it brings back all the things that you teach in this book to go in with that mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, to know, you know what, how you want to influence. You obviously had done your homework to prepare. Mm -hmm. So you, as you said, to bring mm -hmm. value. And then you had the conviction and courage in the moment to adjust. So exactly. Good thing he hired you. It, it was the start of something special. I mean, he actually got me into speech writing. Yeah. He was a great mentor. If anybody ever says to me, who is your mentor? I would say he was my mentor. And that was the first lesson he taught me. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. The... The lesson there is, even though your impromptu encounters seem to be challenging sometimes, mm -hmm. and people seem to be questioning you, if you're prepared, as you say, you will do well in their eyes. Mm -hmm. And also it highlights, one of the things we talk about with clients is, don't measure your success mm -hmm. in terms of whether or not they liked you or thought you were exactly. entertaining. Measure it in, do you inspire action? And really this podcast and the work that we do with clients is about just that. Can you inspire people to act? And it's often the messy, confrontational process that takes a lot of courage. Yes. And you know, what, what your book and what our conversation today highlights is go in with the courage of conviction to say, this is how I want to move people, but do your work ahead of time yes. so that in the moment you can inspire. Yes, that's yeah. wonderful. So I really appreciate you coming on for this, oh, this wide-ranging discussion. <laughs> you know, on a personal note, it's, it's just a true pleasure to continue the legacy of the business. We as a company have come so far from that humble beginnings when you had that gem of an idea to help executives write speeches. And the core, but the core of what you conceived of 30-some years ago, which is to help clients understand that they can inspire, remains our, our mission today. Exactly. And, you know, the Humphrey Group was built 
through impromptu conversations. I can tell you all those years, mm -hmm. in the early years, before you came on, and, and while you've been part mm -hmm. of the Humphrey Group and then becoming CEO, you know what it's like to build a company. It's all about impromptu conversations. Absolutely. It's going in, selling what we offer, persuading people, influencing people, inspiring people every day in every possible way. And that's what entrepreneurship is all about. So whether it's a cold call to a new client, whether it's a visit to an existing client, whether it's going out and giving a speech to a client event, every single time we interact with clients or prospective clients, there's an impromptu opportunity. And all of what I say in the book is really important to that success. And so the Humphrey Group has been built on impromptu moments. Well, I really appreciate you coming on, sharing your wisdom with the world as you have done for so many years. And on a personal note, it's a real privilege to have this conversation. So and thanks so very much. I'm so proud of you for building the Humphrey Group into the global organization that it is today. Congratulations. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Judith Humphrey. What she conveyed to me in this discussion is just how essential it is that we put the hard work in ahead of time to getting clear thinking so that when the moment comes, and it will come, we're able to be precise and show leadership in the moment. It's great advice for anyone, whether you want to be ready to meet the CEO in an elevator or pitch investors at a conference. Prepare to be spontaneous. To find out more about Judith's book, Impromptu, Leading in the Moment, visit our website at www.thehumphreygroup.com. You'll find the book featured on the first page, along with a link to Amazon where you can order yourself a copy. You can also find that link in the episode notes. If you enjoyed this episode of the Inspire Podcast, make sure you're subscribed so you never miss another one. Also, please rate and review the podcast so others can find us. And you can connect with me on Twitter at THG underscore Bart, where I welcome your questions on leadership communication. And if I get enough questions, I'll do an entire Q&A episode. Finally, if you want to learn more about our approach to leadership communication at The Humphrey Group, visit us online at www.thehumphreygroup.com. You can also find a link to my book, Leading Through Language, on the site. Thanks for listening, and may all your conversations be inspiring.